Disappointed but not surprised. Disappointed but not surprised. Disappointed but not surprised. Hey guys, welcome back to Disappointed but Not Surprised, the podcast. I'm Addie. I'm Alex. We have a special guest for you today. His name is Clarence, and we have a special episode for you guys. So I have eight years clean and sober today, which for me, it's a huge accomplishment. And anybody, yeah. (laughs) And anybody that is struggling with addiction or, you know, has overcome addiction, congratulations. Anybody struggling with it, there is a better way. So we have an addiction episode for you. Our, uh, Our guest, Clarence, is a good friend of mine and Alex's, and he has had his share of addiction troubles too so we just want to open it up to anybody that is going through anything right now and know that there is a better way about this um and you don't have to live in that lifestyle anymore so we begin clarence you want to say hi 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 everybody hey clarence hey. Heard by uh the whole world <laughs> no nobody listens to us <laughs> they're going to though I, I, I believe it. Oh, thank, thank you, Clarence. You. Thank no you, problem. Clarence. You're you can so promote sweet. us. <laughs> so we want to share some experience, strength, and hope with everybody regarding addiction. No, this is not an AA meeting or an NA meeting. Um, it's just, you know, we want to share my past a little bit and the outcome of what happened and what came to be for me to have so many years of sobriety, which eight years isn't even that much. But for me, it's a a ton. I couldn't even put one day together, let alone, you know, a week. So eight years for me is is actually huge. And I have to say, I'm very proud of myself for that. You should be. Coming from the crack addict I was. Oh my God. (laughs) To a podcast star. No, just kidding. (laughs) Well, you did everything. I've done everything. You can't just do that. No, I've never done bath salts. Those weren't around back in the day. Yeah, I, I can't say I have. I've never either. done meth. Me neither. Never done meth that I know of. Probably should stay away from that drug. Yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah you have really good teeth. I know, my Keep teeth them. are really good. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I'm not a meth person. Mom, no, but I've dabbled in pretty much everything. Um, And I don't, I haven't touched anything. I don't even smoke. I'm like, I hate to say it, but the epitome of health right now. Like, I don't smoke, don't drink, don't do drugs, don't do anything. Yes, I'm super fucking boring, but I like my life the way it is right now. No, you're fun as hell, though. You still come out. Right. You no, still- I know. We always have a good time. That's what my high school friend always says. She goes, the best part about you is nothing has changed. And my high school girls have been with me through everything. I mean, we've had some nights where we've all wound up in the gutter together literally like going to sleep at Megan's house mom and then we'd be out like wasted like dying in a field. yeah you're literally that meme is true like dying in a field yep. oh, I've been <laughs> there many naked. times except my mom used to catch on when I made no sense Patty writing back to her and freaking would come looking for me so embarrassing your mom is like the the triple texter too hey how are you? Where dot, are you? dot, dot. <laughs> hey, please answer me. Well, obviously I'm not seeing it if I'm not answering, but thanks. Anyway, so I want to ask you guys some questions okay. about all this. So, all right, first one is going to be, what was your life like before the addiction and how did it progress to what it became? You want to go cl- first, Clarence, or me? Okay, I'll go first. Um, you know, it starts off, obviously, when you're, when you're growing up, um, you know, I grew up in an um, unstable family, I would say. Um, you know, parents divorced, um, single mother, 
you know, uh, grandparents are there. But not not a bad childhood considerably, but you know, um, it was a lot of there was a lot of chaos, you know, confusion, let's say. Um, so you know, you you kind of I kind of never really knew where I was going. I would say, um, you know, it 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 started off with just you know, obviously when I was like seventeen, I I, I tried uh, smoking marijuana. And then, um, you know, I, I always thought I could control everything. The gateway drug. But, yeah, I, I was, but I didn't have an issue with it there. But, but at, at that point, you know, really, I, I was, I had good relationships at that point. Um, you know, there was, there was no, no issues where, where drugs took it. I was about 18 years old at this point. Um, I'd, I'd been working for the cable company. Yes, everybody, I was a cable guy. Um, cable man. Yeah, it was actually it was a pretty cool job. Uh good experience um you know one day a friend of mine had given me um a percocet back in the day i don't know if anybody remembers it said 10 by 325 on the back and then the other side said percocet written out on it and i had i remember i had it in my cable van for weeks and it was just sitting there and then staring at you yeah and like eyes you down i was like but i didn't even think about taking it it was like at that point that's I just because knew it was you there. weren't a fucking addict yet like, yeah i just knew it was there and i'm like all right whatever like you know and then you know i was you know i had to run wires deal with customers and i was you know i was like i took it one day your life I remember changed. i was yeah i was in a, i was in a customer's house and i'm like I just got the sense of euphor euphoria, right. and I'm like, oh, I, I could, uh, anything else you need? Like, do you want me to run you another line? I mean, you know, I won't even charge you. I just, like, was so, like, uh, Happy yeah, like, it was just, it was a feeling like, you know, oh, this is what I've been missing. This is what I needed. Yep. This is what, this is, this is the answer. I had left the company at that point. I started work for the water company here in uh, Suffolk County, and um, I, you know, was doing physical labor. And uh, I started, you know, getting Vicodins and stuff like that. And it would be, get me through what I, what I had to do at this job. A matter of fact, I, I probably, I don't think I could have done the job without it. Why? Because um, well, it was like so much physical labor? Yeah. And you know what? I hated what I did. Oh. I hated what I did. But it was a good job. Pays you know, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Basically, like everybody else, like I got my family got me the job. I don't want to disappoint anybody. To yeah, like yeah. It's sort of like, well, why, you know, why don't you want to do this? Like, it just wasn't wasn't for me. Right. So, like, I kind of like during that the pressure of that, along with the feeling and everything, I just kept you, you know doing the drugs. Right. And uh, progress from there. Something to look forward to each day. Yeah, it was like it was. Yeah, you have your systematic like process. That excites you. Yeah. Every morning or whatever, whatever you do, you got your thing. You know, your little kit, whatever. Yep. And uh, you know, just and then I started selling them. You know, started taking. You know, taking just. Monkeys they can't around. sell bananas, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, you no. taking those things. <laughs> Don't get high on your own there. supply. <laughs> Where are the bananas? <laughs> Seen him in Target yesterday. <laughs> no, yeah, once you start selling them and you're an addict, you're you just start taking. You know them. that the the line where you become an addict, like when I look back at it now, you know, I just thought and I saw it done. That's the interesting part. Everybody, my brother went through it in front of me. Oh right, I and, forgot and he was I'm, sober. And I'm dealing no, well he's sober now. Yeah. Right, no, no, but I'm saying this, I forgot yeah, he was He was bad, it, man. Right? And, and 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 I saw this and my I was clean edged, everything was good. Um 
You know, and I just, it went, you know, we got him in rehab and I remember emptying his apartment and he even forged my signature on the uh, credit application for the renewal of the apartment after yeah. I moved out. So it was just, you know, And mess. you're watching this disaster yeah. go on and you're like, and I'm the, never going to do that. No, and then no, you fucking repeat the footsteps. No, actually what I thought was that I could do it. But, but I, not, I could control it. Way. Right. But because I, I didn't understand the fact that like, oh, I, you know, why? I'm like, why do you need this? I don't understand. Why can't you just stop? Right. Yeah. That's what everybody that doesn't go we, through it asks. Yeah. Why yeah. can't you just why, stop? Why can't you just stop? It's, it's just that simple. Just stop. But it's, it's not it's even. Not. And then it gets to the point where you don't even want to get high, but you're, you're doing it to feel, to feel normal. good. Right. To feel like just yourself. To, right. Just to be able to function on a you know normal level and people wouldn't know that anything's going on because you're sick yeah. especially with opiates everybody opiates you know? are the worst um, you cannot function yes. i used to have that shit lined up by my bedside table in the morning and that was the first thing that i did i'd crush it up the night before i would set my alarm 20 minutes before i was supposed to get up i'd sniff a fucking god only knows what i was even i think with oxycontin at that point one of the little blue things, sniff it. Oh, yeah. Set my alarm, 20 minutes snooze. You had to sniff those. Yeah, 20 minutes snooze to like get it in my system so I wasn't so sick. And then by the time the snooze went off 20 minutes later, then I'd be like, okay, I can function today. Other, and if I didn't do that, I was not able to even get out of bed. And you know what's interesting about what you just said? That's where I bring up fear. Because you're just, you get, you're like, I could keep oh. it in the eye. Like, I, I was scared. Did not that, have like, it. Yeah, if I didn't Petrified. have like, and I knew, and I'm like, I, you know, and you, you say like, you know, at one point, you know, you get to the point where you're like, I'm better than this. Like, what am I doing? Right. But then it's such a sick it's, cycle. Yeah, it's it, that's why it's insidious. It's 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 just. Yep. You know, you can't really. Put you a can't come name out on of it, it, but you don't mm -hmm. want to stay in it when you get to that point, yeah. and you are so scared to not have it. And it's not even of the feeling of I don't even know if it's of the feeling of being sick. Which it is, but I also think it's the feeling of just sitting with yourself and having Absolutely. to deal with all the bullshit, right? That and like the what have I done with my life? Like I'm so far deep into this, I can't come out of it. I don't know where to fucking move. You don't right know now. another way. You don't know another way. Yeah. And you and I remember I used to look at my mom in the morning, and the woman is like, she's amazing. She's she, an angel of God. She's everybody. an angel of God. <laughs> no, my mother's the best. I mean, and she would just be doing something so simple as laundry, and I would wonder how. How does she do this? How does she get up? Yeah, you look at and her and function? you're like, that's How are normal. you doing do you, laundry? Yeah. And I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that she wakes up every morning. She has her little cup of coffee. She sings to the fucking dogs or whatever the woman does, the birds, <laughs> and you know, and she does laundry and makes breakfast. And she, and I, like normal day-to-day -day things that everybody does, I couldn't fathom how she did that. I didn't get it because I was so far not there. I had to to self-medicate everything to even take two steps in the morning. It was crazy. Like I could not function. And it's, you know, now now I am my mother. I look at myself and I do the same thing. I would well, sing to my dogs if I had them. The apple falls right I under the tree. I am Marge. <laughs> Just say it. That's a good thing because we love Marge. We love her. I have my little cup of coffee. If I had a dog, I'd sing to it. I sing to myself. And I, you know, now I'm that person and it's crazy. And she's not on drugs or anything. Nope. She's nope. Totally Despite sober. what you might think, I am no. not on anything. That's, <laughs> We're that's just part, naturally guys. assholes. So like Addy, Addy, you said it before, you know, you, you're the same person. Yeah. You just took away the drugs and alcohol. Yeah. You know, well, no, I'm a better version of myself. Right. But you, you're the same, like your personality. 
Right. Stuff like that, you know? That's what I mean. Well, that, yeah, like my high school friend always says, she's, I, I already said this, but like she always says, the best part about you is you haven't changed right. a bit from, That's what the, I from the humor, from your energy, from, you know, like not my dark, dark phases, because I didn't see a lot of people in my dark, dark phases. Right. I kind of held up. and But she knew me for, since we were three years old. And that same child that I was at three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or, you know, middle school, high school, I'm the same like idiot that I was back then (laughs) that I am today. And the whole process hasn't changed me because you look at so many people and how it negatively affects them. And I mean, their lives are just disasters at this point. Or once they get clean, they become like buddy daddies and they can't even like go out to do anything. Like they're like, they're hermits. They stay home. They don't do, they don't do anything. And yeah. And that's not being like sober. That's not healthy. It's the woe is me. I can't go out. I can't do anything because I can't go. I, I, I. Yeah. Like shut the fuck up. Just head up and go. Like we we still (laughs) go out all the time. Well, we really don't go out all the time anymore anymore because we're like tired and we just work all the time. we're old. (laughs) We're old. Still have your fun. The right age of 34 but no we still have so much fun when we go out yeah yeah absolutely my life hasn't changed i mean obviously like it's gotten so much better but from when i was like that high school like that prime phase i'm the same like energy level that i was back then right cool that's awesome no i started when i i grew up in an amazing family i mean white picket fence Everything was perfect when I grew up. I the mean, cleavers. my Yeah, we were literally the cleavers. My mom didn't wear like the pearls and the apron and cook, but basically she did. But, um, you know, it just happens to the families where you don't expect it to. Like it happened to our family and we never thought it would. Yeah, of course. We had, I mean, everything. We were, we were the family that you wanted to be when you grow up. I mean, my parents are soulmates. They've been together for... 30 they've been married like 38 39 years they've been together for like 45 years I'm the oldest we had two other brothers um you know great upbringing I've had everything I always wanted and it just fucking happens and it sucks and when I started getting really bad like I was always the experimenter in high school I was always the first one like I even told you today like I took E for the first time just to see eight mile in a movie theater <laughs> like who the fuck takes e to go see a movie in a movie theater uh, not me i was like let's just do it we'll go like i was always the experimenter always the first one that wanted to do shrooms always the first one that wanted to smoke weed always the first one that wanted to do everything yeah i've been like friend. i was like that too yeah i was always like oh i'll try it let I'll me try it. Like, let me try everything once, once. and then i guess i got lucky obviously but right you know I, I do it. have like you have tendencies you have a, and like even Vincenzo the psychic was like you have that chemical pull. Right. Oh, like yeah. when I start drinking. Definitely. Thanks, Clarence. Like when I start <laughs> drink, when I start drinking, 100%. it's very hard for me to stop. Not that I'm gonna go on a four day bender, but I'm gonna get freaking wasted for the night. Right. Like I am. Projectile not, vomit on the crowd. Yes. <laughs> She's done it. <laughs> We're at a club and she looks at me and she runs to me like last year. She was just projectile vomited all over the dance floor. I did. It spewed out like the exorcist and it came out of nowhere. Like I think I burped and it was just like. That's the best type of throw up when it's projectile. Not on the crowd. I know, but it just it's the best type for you. We were on the upper balcony and she just spewed Oh, that's awesome. Right. My bad. I'm sorry, guys. I spilt my water. But Don't yeah, piss but, on me and tell me it's rain. But then it's like not every time though. Like, I mean, we, I, 
split a bottle of wine last night with Clarence and like then we came home and that was it. But like I don't know, I just sometimes I can't control. Well, that's it. Uh, let's, let's go back. I can. You can. That stop. was after I said, um, "Let's not stop with the liquor store." <laughs> yeah, but let's just go home because. Yeah, but I, was I like freaking? I did, I, did, I did. Was I freaking out and saying like, oh, "I need to have it"? No, I just came home and chilled. Well, that's yes. normal to have a glass of wine on like uh, well, what's today on a on a, a Saturday, Saturday night. night. That's like what normal people do. Unfortunately, I just care. Wait, wait, let me. What's the definition of normal? There is no definition of normal. Mm. They no definition of normal. Certainly not you, Clarence. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not me. No, but like I grew up normal, I guess, per se. But then things happen. Like I started dating a drug dealer and I feel like that's when everything went completely out of control. And I remember like how you said you saw the turn of <clears throat> from just like having fun to addiction we were, my ex and I, um, the drug dealer one, we'll call him Bones because that was his nickname. We were at his house and we were doing drugs one night and his friend walked in and his friend had an N.A. pamphlet. And we were like, ha ha, loser, you went to N.A., you're a loser. And then he threw it at us. He knows, yo, it's all fun and games until you can't get it anymore. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but whatever. But I still remember specifically what he said. Fast forward a couple months later, I was like, in it when you're dating a drug dealer because it's always on demand right yeah. like i told you i used to steal his like coke and then i would lace it with like like um baby powder baby, baby powder parmesan cheese the bolivian <laughs> rock like i stole everything of his and he had this big bolivian rock and then i would like cut the bolivian rock and put it back in and measure everything but then oh they ran God. out of that so i had to do like baby powder parmesan cheese he knew he was so, so you learned mad. how to cut drugs pretty well oh yeah yeah because right. he was at work and i was just withdrawing at his house all day and then he ended up getting arrested so i always had it on hand because he had just bags of everything and I you know we were dating and I only I, I don't even I didn't even like him but I liked the chaos I liked dating a drug dealer and I liked how he doted on me and he had everything for free right and it's exciting it's when exciting you're younger. when you're young yeah. I was like 21 22 and then he got arrested because he drove down to Florida because he was transporting and he was selling and I remember I called him and the cop answers the phone he's like yeah hey, we have your boyfriend we're taking him in and he was in jail for like two months and at that point, I was, I couldn't get anymore. And his friend, the one with the NA pamphlets, like, I got you. And then that's when we started doing heroin because it was cheap and I couldn't afford my habit at that point. I mean, those fucking raw oxys back then, I think they were 50 bucks back then. What are they now? Eight. I don't know. I haven't done it in forever. They're at 80, 100 bucks at this point probably, but they were 50 bucks back then. You can't afford it. I was making 28 grand my first year out of college when I was that bad. You so what do you do? Get heroin. You got heroin. <laughs> and so that's when it started yeah. and that was the progression. And that's when I saw like, this isn't just fun and games, games anymore. Like this is real and I'm going down the hill, downhill fast. But at that point I couldn't stop and I was so far warped in my dark, days that it didn't matter yeah, and, and you're not just, in your right state of mind so no. the normal decision making you would make goes out the window right and you don't really give a fuck you don't give a fuck at all and that's for me that's when it turned and I was like fuck I'm stuck and I can't come out of this at all whatsoever yeah, it's but, sad it's scary but at that point you're so dark that it doesn't even matter you're like fuck it I'm here like, let's just keep yeah, I just rolling. kept I kept going you till keep my going, right? locked me up <laughs> you know that's it I, I, I'm not gonna do this again and then all you know, get 
All right. So the next question is, what was your worst day high? Um, when I tried to kill myself, I would say that was terrible. Um, but you know, it's part of the part of the part pro, pro, part of my journey anyway. So it, that that was definitely the worst part. Do you want to elaborate how you felt that day? Uh, hopeless. Um, you know, all sorts of feelings. Maybe, maybe you know, I, you feel all sorts of things, but you don't know what you're feeling. For me, you know, does I, that make sense? Yeah, I and felt it, you know, when I did it. So I drank bleach, and that was the worst. Oh, that's day good. For I, me and I my like. Family. I drink that every day with my water. Right. <laughs> And the charcoal to go along with it. I didn't know. So I, it came to a boiling point for my family. I was still living at home with my parents. I ended up stealing a bunch of money. It was this whole, it was an t- awful day. And I ended up drinking bleach because I didn't know how to continue, but I didn't know how to die. And right. that's what mm, it was. It was one of those well things. Said. Right. Like you did not know how to live your life anymore. And you were so like, I, I, all the dopamine was gone from my body. I had no happiness left left in my soul, like none whatsoever. And today I'm like one of the happiest people. Well, that's like, because yeah. the drugs were providing that for right. you and but your body you, stopped making right. it. Right, yes. so you don't have it. So your chemicals are so fucking off, it's not even funny. And I just remember not knowing what to do. And I felt stuck in this dark pit and so it was like, there was my solution. And I saw the bleach and it was almost like I saw the light. Like, I'm going to drink this. And I went in the bathroom and I'm sobbing hysterically. And I drink it and my mom comes in and she rips it from my hand. She calls the ambulance immediately, got locked up, put into the psych ward after that, obviously. Um, got taken out of an ambulance. And I remember blaming her and saying, fuck you, you stopped me from this. Like, how could you? It's all your fault. None of it was her fault whatsoever. I mean, the woman is like a saint. But I remember blaming her for everything and being so angry at her because she stopped my fucking fun. And she stopped me from finishing it. Meanwhile, if I research properly... Drinking bleach is not the way to go because it's like, like the most painful <laughs> yeah. thing ever and you like die slow. It's like a oh, five. that's great. The best way to go. Slow. Painful it's and slow. It's like a five to seven day death and your body rots from the inside. Yeah. Mm. Your quick. organs like shut down one by one. So I should have researched it better, but I, now I'm glad I didn't. And that was it. That was, I mean, that was the worst day for my family. My brother actually wrote a song about it. Um, his name's Connor Donahue, and it's called The Garden. It's on Spotify. For anybody that likes music, go listen <laughs> about the worst day of my family. No. <laughs> my dad was so mad about that, but that's okay. Um, he's an artist. He he's goes, over it now. Yeah, no. Well, I think it just brought up a lot of shit for my family, and we tried to kind of suppress it because that was not, it's not an easy day when somebody in your family, your, your fucking child tries to end their life. And thank God that nothing happened. Like I went into the psych ward. I had to drink the charcoal. Um, I went into, you know, I was there for like a week. And then I went to Quanticut Rehab afterwards. And you went there too, Clarence. That place was yeah. fucking amazing. That's in Greenport. If it's anybody's struggling. Really close to here. It's Yeah. So we're in Long Island. It's like two hours from here. It's not that far. It's not far. Want to go to Florida? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's an amazing place, oh, and it kidding. saved my ass. And I, granted, well, I relapsed again it afterwards, is. but that place taught me so many tools to like move on and live my life. You remember like a the guy person. named Arthur there? No. Okay. No, but I think that place changed a lot in my brain. Like when I first did my steps, I remember, like. Like it was like having resentments against people, and mm. I had a resentment against my mom 
for ruining my fun, for putting me in rehab. I had an example, I resentment against my dad for putting me in rehab. I had an ex- a resentment against the inpatient, or sorry, the outpatient rehab counselor because she told on me. But my sponsor is like, hey, asshole, if you didn't do all this shit, this wouldn't have happened to you. And right. it was like, I didn't see it that way. Like I was, my brain was that warped where I didn't see it as I'm doing all of this and everything that I have a resentment against is a result of my own fucking action. Well, it's yeah, hard it was, to take accountability at first because I you think A, you're yeah. embarrassed partially. And you don't and, realize what you're doing is wrong almost. Yeah, and like, like you know it, but it's like you, you're so selfish and self-absorbed and self-centered when you're in that stage in your life that you don't see your actions as bad. You blame everybody else for everything that you're doing. Well, it's easy not to see it through somebody else's eyes. Right. You know, you don't, you know, if, right. when, you, when you do that, it puts it in perspective. Right, hundred percent. But what if now? What if what if you didn't have the mother or the family to put you in rehab? I'd probably be. Dead. What if what if somebody you know that's everybody out there that doesn't have you I'd know family or loved ones? Maybe you burnt the bridges. Maybe you know you stole jewelry or whatever. That this is out. This I hear this. I heard this all the time. Um. So that that's the that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. So for me. I still relapsed after I went to Quantica because I was not done. And I got sober when I was done. Like, I remember the day I came downstairs and I cried to my mom and I said, Mom, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm done. I don't want to do this. I called my boss. I said, I'm going to go away. I'm going to be gone for like a week. We tried to get a bed. I couldn't get a bed back in Quantica, which was fine. Um... So I said to mom, I had my mom cancel her trip. She was going to Charleston. And I said, mom, I need you to stay with me because I'm going to be really sick for a week. And that was March 8th, 2012 of eight eight years years ago. ago, (laughs) March 8th, yeah, eight years ago. Um, And I was like, I'm done. And I think at that point we all knew. So I had to figure it out myself. Like I, there was, cause she put me, I mean, she put me in, I was an outpatient for about two years in total. I was in different ones, the same one, but multiple times. And I went to three inpatients. So the Quantica was the last inpatient that I went to. And then I tried to go back there, but I couldn't get a bed there, obviously. So I did everything myself and I went back in the outpatient again and I called myself. So that was the turning point for me. Granted, I had my family as my support group. I always had a place to go back to. They never kicked me out. I left for a little bit and lived with these fucking drug dealer boyfriends of mine at the time, but they never turned their back on me. My mother never turned her back on me ever. Yeah, I Neither think that's really important. Yeah, but I mean, I just, I mean, you, I feel like you almost need a support group but some people don't have it. And if I didn't have it, I would be dead. It's also 100%. hard to ask for help. You know, like, yeah. you know, like you get brought up, I got brought up and, you know, you didn't talk about your feelings or anything like that or ask about, ask for help yeah. or anything like that. I have a harder time now asking for help with anything because yeah. I'm so independent on my own that it's like stupid things. Like even like caulking my fucking bathtub. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I watch a YouTube video. Just and call I go Clarence. He'll come over and do it. Clarence. Yeah. Clarence. You want to caulk my yeah, bathtub? Clarence, I got a, a squeeze thing over there. You know, that the, the gun? <laughs> You put the silicone tube in and you press the thing and it spits it out. That's it. Actually, that was my next question because it was like, what was your epiphany or like your aha moment? Like, I can't do this anymore. Did you have one, Clarence? Like, no. (laughs) I did. You know, 
you, you you can you could take over on this one. All right, you know? I, I, got I think this. that's a good idea, and then we'll, maybe we'll get into me, but we'll see. I remember destroying everything around me, and it affected other people. Like it it affected a whole nother family that I was babysitting for, and I remember it turned really bad, and I was stealing a lot of their drugs. Um, and the mom called me and was like, how could you do this to my kids? And I, that is not Wait, my lowest. I stole their drugs. Yeah. From, oh, like I was their well, they shouldn't have had them. No prescription, prescription like drugs. Med. They like shouldn't Adderall, have had them. Stuff like that. But they didn't know I was an <laughs> addict. But I mean, believe me, I have had multiple arrests. I have had, I mean, I've been through shit. I've been held gunpoint. I have been in yeah. Harlem on dark fucking days. Mm. But for some reason, because it affected those kids, and the mom called me screaming, like, what am I going to tell them? How how am I going to tell them that you're not around anymore? Look what you did to my family. And for some reason, the, her words affected me more than any of the dark shit that I have ever done to myself because I was affecting the little kids at that point. Yeah. That was my turning point for me. And then I remember, it's like so stupid, but I was watching this Coney 2012 shit. Remember what when that, that was going yeah. on? Oh my God. Coney. Yeah. That like mass murderer. And I woke up one morning... And I'm watching it that morning, and then the little boy's like, I just want to be dead so I could be with my brother. And I remember, like, his words resonating with me, and it's so stupid, but that's what affected me. And I mm. was like, I just want to be dead, too. But I had so many tools in my toolbox because I had gone to... Like I said, I'd been to three different inpatients. I had been to the psych ward. I have gone to multiple AA meetings. I was a member of AA. I had a support group in AA. AA worked for me. It doesn't work for everybody, but for me, and no, I'm not sponsoring it by any means, but I'm just telling my story. It saved my fucking life. So I knew everything that I needed to do. So that was the morning where it turned and it just felt like it was like everything got lifted. Like it literally, I felt like it was like a breath of fresh air and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm never going to do this again. And I, I don't want to say I'm never going to do it again, but I know deep down I'm yeah, never no, going to pick up again. To. I'm not. It just It's not something that's in my future ever again. And you don't ever want to jinx yourself because you never know what could happen, but I just know. Like, it's, I'm never going to pick well, it's up another It's because you drug. keep doing the things you're doing. Right, but mm. I do so much. Like, I still yeah, go right. to AA. I don't have a home group right now. Um, I have not had one, and I don't recommend that for anybody in AA, but that's my story, and that's, you know, and I still go to meetings. I still have a huge support group of people in AA. I can call them at the fucking whim. I work my ass off. I'm surrounded by good people. I don't fucking go to bars anymore, really, unless, like, you know, I went out Sunday, not Saturday night to one, and it was horrible. These drunk goobers were singing Sweet Caroline oh, at the top the of their worst. lungs that's with fun. my God. ugliest fucking bow ties on, <laughs> and it was horrible it was horrible and then i kept on getting nice thinking though at least i don't look like that. i don't look like, like that and then i kept on getting fucking crop people. dusted on the dance floor there and i'm standing there and these farts keep on blowing in my nose i'm like this is the worst scene ever but we still go out and we still do so yeah, many but at one things. point that was like an awesome scene for you in college that's, yeah that, that's what the crazy part is about it it is I, for everyone though i think yeah. i mean not every single person on earth but majority of people you have your party phase that's i was never do. a sweet caroline person oh ever. hell no anytime <laughs> any of that corny ass bullshit came on Ew. i'd be like i think it's time to go although i did sing oh sherry on a fucking karaoke dance floor one time rolling around <laughs> my cousin I, <laughs> 
at Grizzlies in Bayshore. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, I remember Is that, that even place. still there? It's no. a hole in the wall. I don't <laughs> Thank know. Thank God. I don't think so. <laughs> but that was, that was my turning point and it just felt like something got lifted. Like they say, you know when it gets lifted. And continuing and, and staying sober, like I've involved so much spiritual stuff in my life. Yoga has seriously helped me um it brought me to a whole different place spiritually and i used to have really bad anger management like i mean i used to throw shit across the fucking room smash shit for no reason remember the work phone oh yeah oh i i mean my poor work phone i still do that to this day like throw the computer at work across the wall <laughs> throw my phone like fuck you like seriously like flinging shit for like something so stupid like my cleaning lady didn't put the brown stockings <laughs> in the same spot how dare like, she yeah like like really dumb things i would get myself so worked up and so angry and yoga has helped me so much today to get through all of that that's just my story with it um what got you better? Um, you know, seeing seeing my family and loved ones uh, constantly going through it. And, you know, for me, I didn't see it. It didn't happen until, for me, until I had clean time. Yeah. And I realized, I was like, oh, my God. You were like, in jail for that. So tell about yeah, your experience I was in jail, there. Yeah, I was in jail for uh, eight months. Um, so... You know, and you killed yourself before you tried to kill yourself before yeah. you went to jail. Yeah, oh, that was two years before. Okay. Yeah. But I was in and out of rehab at that, you know, in right. between those time periods as well. So um, that's just the way it was. But uh, yeah, you know, in jail, you have, you know, you're around animals. I mean, right. So no, you really. can get in there or you can separate yourself you know, from you, them. You, you can go in there and work on yourself or you can go in there and, you know, become an animal. Just let the you know, time do you. Yeah, just, uh, well, you got to do the time. You don't let the time do you. That's correct. But, uh, you know, I, I, made I made good with my time. I, I read a lot. I educated myself. You read that fucking Bible book. Prosperity what was that? Bible. Prosperity oh, yeah. Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, Law of Attraction, it's real. Yeah, Law of Attraction is um, absolutely real. So, like, Witchcraft, you know, baby. Yeah, like, it's just, it's insane, you know? Like, uh, you open a whole different spectrum when you have that clarity, and you could view things differently. Um, but, but a lot of people don't get the, the chance to do that. They don't give themselves the chance to get or better. they just get bad drugs and they fucking die because that's the reality yeah, of what I mean, happens. We, we, I know at least so many I had people. the opportunity to, you know, to do something about it. Right, me too. And, and, and nobody I don't like thinks to say, that they're going to die. Yeah, nobody but, thinks it. I time, wanted to and I yeah, didn't. I like, I, you know, I hear people say, oh, I, sh I, I should have died. No, you could have died. Right. You didn't, you know, you, you, if you should have, you would have. Right. You could have, yeah, but, but you didn't. So Don't you think that there's a bigger purpose for you? Oh, than for me, yeah. I know that there's oh, a yeah. bigger purpose in life, and that's why I didn't know either till I know. I'm branching out and I'm getting away from, you know, trying to get away from the job that I'm at because I know that my life is not sitting in a finance office at a dealership. Like, I know there's a bigger purpose On for Saturday me. and Sunday. On Saturday and Sunday. And that's why I do things now. Like, I volunteer at the orphanage in Peru. Like, I did that. Like, I want to help. And Alex and I, we want to open up, like, an animal farm at one yep. point. We want to do, like, big things. We do. But yeah, you're still oh, you're no. surprised oh, by no. this. I'm, I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, seriously. I mean. We want to open up a wildlife foundation, and we're going to do it at Just one don't point. call it the WWF. <laughs> we won't. You'll get sued. And you can tend to the chickens. Because <laughs> you know, I'm a, petrified of birds. You know. But I know that yeah, there's a like bigger purpose either. for me, and it's not just sitting, you know, in that finance office, and that's why I'm branching out to other things in but life. But you, you, you put into action. Right, and we are. You, you, but you're, you know, like, filling you a void at, in your life you with know? things that have purpose rather than substances. Right. 
They have meaning. I'm still yeah. working on it. Yeah, you're still working on but it. That's okay. I'm trying. Hey, one day at a time, babe. Hey, everybody's in a different place at a different time. They're doing different things. Yeah. All right. So um, after you got clean, when did you guys start feeling better finally? Because I know know it takes a while. Yeah, that was was, uh, the feeling. Well, I was coming off at this point. You were in jail, so you were. Yeah, no, out of jail, I was clean. But I know. When I went you, in, I was I was good. You were, but oh, so you detoxed before that? He, well, he was in two rehabs yeah, prior but, to that. Six, okay, for six months. But even at that, like you know, I was on Suboxone in between the time period, and and that was the worst thing to get off of for me, because shit, I didn't sleep for like six to nine months. That like, was hard getting up. off of. Yeah, it was. It was the worst thing ever. I mean, really. I mean, I'm pissing out of my ass for. Two weeks. I mean, I, you know, I don't want, you know, listen, I'm just being don't real. Don't forget that bidet get, with you on vacation. Yeah, I, listen, guys, I have a battery-operated bidet. It's coming with me on Jamaica tomorrow. If they tell me I can't have it, it's going to be a problem. All right? And, I, you know, I, we got, I got one in the bathroom here, but that one's a stationary one. But nothing runs right. Like, your whole body is off. Like, your bowels yeah. are off. You're, you're still, like, your sleep. I remember feeling when I was sleeping, like, my shoulder, like this horrible pain in my shoulders in the beginning and it was almost like an anxiety that stayed in my shoulders and I couldn't sleep I was up all night I would read the big book all night like I would be up for days how'd your legs straight. feel my legs felt fine oh you didn't have the RLS no oh boy restless legs are the worst it was in my shoulders it was That's all in weird. my shoulders it was so much pressure there and I remember not being able to sleep and literally mm. like my mom would come in my room at like fucking four o'clock in the morning like you're still up and I would just be up reading the big book and like going over like you know highlighting things and learning new things with that to get myself better and I was reading I don't remember I was reading another um book it was not the steps but it was 12 steps, 12 traditions. It was like a traditions yeah. book. And I was reading the traditions good book, book over and over. Yeah, that's a great book. And I would just read that over and over again. And it's also a good book, new. 24 hours a day. I don't know if I read that one. It's an everyday, um, you know, thing. It's like a meditation for the day. It's through AA. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it, 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 it touches, it gives you a good perspective on things. You know, should I say? Because, you know, they, yeah, they'll use the word God or whatever in there. But, you know, you could just, you put, you could put the As law, you, you could put the word law in there. Right. You know, and say, all right, that's, that's just the way it is. That, that's what helps me. Um, but that, yeah, that's a good, those are all good I books. felt better, I would say, like after a full month. But that was not my first rodeo, man. I mean, I have relapsed. I probably relapsed hard about eight or so times. So I knew what I was getting myself into. Um. That's why I said to my mom, I said, I'm going to be sick. So you have to stay with me. But I felt decent. I think I was so mentally ready and everything's mind over matter. Obviously you are physically sick, but I was mentally done. So I felt better. That's a good the point. First yeah. ta- that, that last run through probably in about a week. But the first time I ever stopped, like, so I'm eight years and I probably tried to stop f- 15 or 12 years ago. It took me a really long time. It took me, and I had like seven months clean for a minute. I had like eight months clean. I had three months clean. And it took me a solid month each of those times to feel better. Last time I felt good quick. Because again, it was, I was mentally mm. done. I'm like, I'm fucking done. Yeah, but if you, if, you think, if you think, like say you were just coming off an opiate run for 10 years. Right. You know, um, to feel better in three days, if I, uh, you know, it ain't happening. a week, two weeks, three weeks, you know, it takes time and, and everybody get, you get frustrated. I did, 
You know, I'd be like, oh, it's just too hard. I can't, you know, I can't do this. You were, look, you were put away in the rehab, so, so that helped you or no? Well, yeah, I mean, by, once again, I didn't stop till the PO locked me up. Right. Because um, you could still get shit in but rehab. But even, even that, even that, you know, um, this shit's crazy. But j- jail really did it for me. Tell like, me about your experience in jail. It's just, it was, um, you know, it was good. I think, it was, you know, it was, it was good for me to see, to experience, you know, that side of everything. Because, I mean, I've been locked up before, but, I, you know, I bail right, I get right out, you know. But this, like, you know, I could have bailed out, but I knew I was facing time either way. Right. So if I bailed out, I'm just going to have to go back. Right. You know, so I was like, it's a winter time. Let me just do this now. Get the time done. Let me, you know, and I, I just focused. I had support. Uh, everything was taken care of. You know, thank God I didn't have any kids or anything like that. Um, even if I did, though, you work it out, you know? You work it out. Yeah. Like, you, you didn't know. go for long. You were, it's not like you were there six years and you missed a whole fucking no, up. I mean, eight months in, is a, it was, it county, a long time. So it was a close, a quick yeah, ride for visitors. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was tough in that perspective. You know, the food's great, guys. <laughs> if anybody wants a good if meal, go to fucking county, to county jail, Suffolk man. County, <laughs> Suffolk County Jail. They have good, re- it's called Red Sauce. Do they take really reservations good. there? <laughs> Yeah, only by the door, though. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So you can't, like, go in, get the red sauce there, take it home? No, you got to... Uh, no takeout. You got to stay a minute. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> then you get a brown bag when you go. Why yeah. don't you cook for us some of that food after Yeah, that? I want your prison food recipe. I mean, you know how you cook food? In, the, well, in county, anyway. Prison, you have stoves and, you know, uh, different stuff. In county, you get hot water. And you're lucky you get hot water sometimes. And when you, when you do get it, sometimes it's not hot and you can't really cook the food. So you're not really cooking, you're heating it up. Yeah, right. That's all you're doing. You know, they, they sell like sausage roll and all you know, the smell, Ugh. disgusting. You know, it's just a place where you don't want to go back. And, and that's, that's the amazing part. People keep going back. They keep going back. And well, because their life is so bad on the outside that A, they feel safe. Yeah, and then they, you know what's interesting, guys? <laughs> Three hots and a cot. The food court. Yeah. The food court. Let's talk about the food court. Tell me. And this is like part of addiction too, because like these, this is like these guys are like you know in that lifestyle, and they're all about like control. They don't have control of shit. Right. So when they get in there, they like they have a rendezvous. They all team together, and they 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 run the lunch cart and stuff, and they have control, and they get like an extra tray of state food. Like if you're worrying about an extra tray of state food, I mean that's that's like does it get worse? Rock bottom. You know, I mean worse things though. Yeah, there is, but. These, I mean, these guys. At least are, they're getting food. It's just, it's a highly secure homeless shelter. Yeah. That's all it is. That probably is, and people actually like to is. go back because they don't have a house. They That's don't have all a it job, is. so they, they actually yep. feel safe. That's what I noticed when I walked around. It, it's a highly secure homeless shelter. I said it all the time because it really is. Probably not gonna like what I'm gonna say, but That's when right. you went to jail and Alex told me, I was like, good. Yeah. Good. I Absolutely. was happy. I was so happy. At that point, I accepted that it was the best thing for me. Right. That, that's the be- That's what I did. I, that's why I just, I don't know, like I just did, did the time. And it that's was so just, fucked up that you're yeah. like happy somebody yeah. goes to jail. But I think we're so well, desensitized to everything. And you know that that's where somebody's going to be best. Because mm-hmm. they're not a harm to themselves as they're in there. Which they can be. And there's ways for everything. I mean, fuck. You can, you well, can be- put You abuse. know what the best part about jail is? It's, a, it's like rehab in a way. Right. But you don't have to get out of bed. Okay. You don't have to go to group. You don't have to do nothing. Yeah. But you, so, but you can focus on yourself all the time. Yeah. That's right. That's that's what I'm trying to, to go with this. You know, I don't want to be misunderstood. And you were in solitary too for I a little bit. I was in solitary three months. Yeah. That's a Two long a half, fucking whatever. time. Yeah. What did your brain do in solitary? Yeah. No, it was all. I, I. Yeah. I. I did all right. I really did. I mean, it, you know, 
like you said, mind over matter. Right. You know? You just breathe I it. just knew I had it. so much to look forward to. You know, I was like, I, I'm good. You know, I get out. I, I, you know, I got everything. It's just, you just got to do this little time. Yeah. And like, honestly, the, the solitary was better. Because I didn't have to, you just, you don't have to interact with people really. Three months but you get a half hour. You get a half hour out a day. Okay. But that's for hygiene and phone. You got to split that accordingly. Okay. You know, then I, you know. Five minute shower. Yeah. You know. What, can you walk outside at least or no? Seven in the morning, they take you outside. All right. But, it, you know. But it was with one the guard. winter, so yeah, it, was it, was freezing. it was freezing. But at least you get a little but, bit of outdoor but, yeah. fresh air. No, I didn't. I didn't for, uh, well, I, after that, I went to um, a pod, it's called. And I was there for like five months. Five and change, right? Were you on Love is Blind in the pod? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I actually, I fell in love through a wall. <laughs> Um, there wasn't even glass With there. With a guy named Big Jim. Couldn't even, couldn't, couldn't even uh, Who's a bear? See, see the person. Um, yeah. That's crazy. I think solitary would, I mean, everybody's different, you know, but, but solitary now, now makes they, you Now they're out up. three hours a day. Go figure. Holy shit. Yeah, now they get three hours out there. I said, what the fuck happened to me? Anymore. I said, I don't get credit at time. And you just got out of there, what, like seven months ago? Yeah, I got something? out of there August 14th. Then I had to go back. Because the weeks. judge was playing games. I said, you want to fucking play games? Right, I can play games too. I'm going to bail out. Posted the bail. 50 grand. Fucking, I, now, now I'm bailed out. Now, because of my, I never got sentenced. So my bail was still there. So like, I kind of, so I was like, I'm leaving either way today. I don't care. Yeah. I'm like, I called my brother. He came, boom. And I was out. But then I had to go back to court. And I, I didn't, then my lawyer's like, he might be disrespected that you bailed out. Because it's like kind of like, fuck you. You wanted to give me a full, he wanted to give me a full calendar year, which is an illegal sentence. So you can't get sentenced. So you remain unsentenced till that 364th day. Okay. And they give you time served. All right. So essentially what I did was I just, I knew that if I bail out, they have to A, sentence me or B, give me time served. And if they sentence me to the year, ladies and gentlemen, that's eight months. You get Going four months, in. good yeah, time. Right. So that's why I, and as then long as you're good. Right, so I got out, I got out on bail, and then I had to go back to court October 28th. I got locked back up because I got sentenced. I owed 12 days. Okay. But at that point, I didn't 12 know. 12 days doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, but it, then I had to go back. It was, it, was, it, was, it was just the worst time, though, because it's like... You, You're you out. Thought, like, yeah, you thought, I thought it was over, but it wasn't. But then... But I, it's 12 days yeah, for the rest of your life. Yeah, like of. I was... It's, it's a blessing, you know? be just done with that i mean i i would recommend it to anybody that that could do it over probation really just go to jail guys go to jail saves your fucking life man go to, jail, go to jail and get your shit together i know you, you just have, rob the bank go to jail no we're no, kidding don't rob the bank because then you, <laughs> we're kidding we're kidding we're not then giving you, you advice then you're going to, go to, to prison and you know that's a little different than county because <laughs> then you're probably not getting out then you may for that, years. well the interesting about that is that you you know you can get into things up there and never no i know I know, like I, I, I told in one of the episodes that I was on the date with the guy and he was running like a whole crack ring and they were making oh, shakes yeah. through the, the prison. But that was like in Sing Sing, I think. Like that was- Yeah, I mean, that's hardcore place. up great there. Place. Yeah, that's fucking weird. <laughs> so you place. feel good now and you feel like you're- Yeah, it's great, you know? I feel lovely. All right, so if you had to give, well, this is to both of you, obviously. If you had to give your old self, mm. like before you started using or while you were using- like give yourself a piece of advice where you are today. What would you tell your old self? I don't know. 
Don't hurt your parents so bad. So for me, I wouldn't change anything that I've done. I know it sounds like I have been through a lot and I didn't talk about a lot of it in this. We're just skimming through it because this isn't like a war story time and there's been serious fucking shit that I have been in. I wouldn't change a thing because it got me to where I am today. Like recovered. I am very spiritual. I actually love myself today. Like I look at myself in the mirror. I'm happy with myself. And that was the whole thing. Like addiction. Yeah. I can can relate to that. Addiction is all it is, is a disease. It's a disease. I can't even fucking speak. Wait, what'd you say? I know. Say (laughs) Say that again, please. Today, Junior. A disease of low self-esteem. <laughs> I said it. Um, it's a oh, disease boy. of low self-esteem. And I was just masking everything to not feel because I didn't like myself. Plain and fucking simple. And alcohol, drugs, sex, everything whatever was, was. Whatever, whatever was. the fuck it was, was to fill the void so I wouldn't be feeling my real feelings. And now today, I'm so much of a better person than I ever would have been if I never went through it. I'm still an asshole, but internally, in a great way, though. In a great way. Internally, (laughs) you went inside. Yeah. Now I'm happy with myself. If you you don't go within, you go without. Right. I love- That's very true. I love my life. What I want more? Absolutely. But I love where I am today. I love my life. I wake up every morning. Granted, some days you just don't want to go to work, but every single person goes through that. Yeah, once you life. get in the shower, though, you're good to go. Yeah, no, you're yeah. good to go. Once I'm there, I'm fine. Yeah. But, like, you know, I really love myself, and I can actually look in the mirror and be happy. So I wouldn't change anything, but I would probably <sighs> tell myself to not have my parents go through mm-hmm. what they went through because yeah. they went through some really, really horrible times. Seeing your kid in a psych ward, seeing your kid try to kill themselves, it's never yeah. fucking easy. But I wouldn't change it. I just regret hurting them as much as I did. But for myself, the abuse I put myself through, I think, I'm fine with it. I think once you, once, you, once you do that, for me, once I did that, I was able to lift the guilt and shame. Yeah. Then, then it was like kind of like I just cast away. Like, they forgive me already. Oh, when I but made my I amends? I didn't forgive yeah. myself. My brother's like, you don't need to do this. My parents are like, right. you don't need to do this. They're fully, we know you're they, good. they support you. They're already, they, they forgive you because they know it, it's not you. Right. But you don't forgive yourself. Right. Yeah, 100%. And until you do, I mean, you know, from my, from my experience, you're not going to get there. Yeah, I think that's a good piece of advice to give. Forgive yourself. Because so, so, so I'm going to send a gift. It's not that serious. Change the fucking past. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is what it is. You live, you learn from it. Yeah. And that's like the whole basis of, I think our podcast too is almost like, I mean, we're assholes. So we just make humor in all serious situations. There's always like, hope though. Yo, there the is always is here, hope. You know? Like you get through things, you live through some serious, horrible shit and like get over it. Dust yourself off and move on and create a life that you're going to fucking love. And that's what I'm doing for myself right now. Because like today you're so not a great. victim. I ain't no victim anymore. Right. The, you know, oh, I'm the me, bully. me, me, no. <laughs> this is what happened to me. Or I, you know, I'm not saying, you know, things like, you know, when somebody gets like molested or something. That's I'm horrible. just saying there's no excuse. There's no like, oh, I, I, I went through this or that. Like, you got to, you know, it's not, it's not about you. It's, you got to just. 
And that's what they teach people in recovery too, is everybody blames everybody else for their doings. Like there are horrible things that happen to people. They grew up getting molested their whole life. They grew up getting raped. They grew up where they were in foster care because their parents (laughs) didn't want to take care of them. Their parents smoked crack. They stole money from them as a kid. They were beat. I mean, shit is horrible Mm. in this world. And a lot Mm -mm. of people blame their family and that's why they they self-loathe and they self-medicate everything but what recovery teaches you is to forgive them so you can move on and you can create this life for you because the past is in the past you holding the resentment against them is never going to change you they're them they're not changing it happened move on so you can make yourself live the best life possible that's the thing that i had to do with my you know family and stuff like that yeah if you you, stop blaming my brother my brother said if you want to have a relationship with your parents or whoever whoever accept them for who they are or don't have a relationship with them at all. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. What do they say? Like when you hold a grudge against somebody, you're drinking poison. Poison, but you're yeah. the only yeah. one that's And even like when you're pointing fingers yeah. at somebody else, like you're pointing two fingers back at yes. yourself too. And that's like right. you're, you know, you're holding the resentment and it's only harm. It is only harming yourself. You're drinking right. the poison because you're not getting through it and you're the only one that's hurt. Like the other person doesn't give a fuck. If I'm mad at somebody, do you really think they give a shit? No, I'm the one self-sabotaging yeah, well, everything that's, in that's my what life. You, if, right. you're, if you're like, you're gonna attract hostility. Right, it's so really just put them on Craigslist and move on with your life. No. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. That's so a good idea. Alex grew up too, and Alex knows a lot about addiction because she grew up in an addictive home. How did you get through that? Um, well, it was a little bit easier for me because my parents were divorced. Right. The reason they got divorced was because of the addiction. Yeah. Um, my dad was an alcoholic and a drug addict and, um, but he was, he did AA, like he did the steps. He did all that. He had a really, he had a really supportive family. Granted, he had a shitty childhood. He carried that with him. I think he was always trying to fill that void of like what he didn't have as a child, like how he didn't feel whether it was loved or he felt abandoned. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, Mm. but, um, you know, he carried it with him, but he was in AA. He had friends in AA. His one friend that's still here is 30 plus years clean. Amazing. Yeah. So it's like possible to do. I think he had like 10 years at one point. I was shielded from a lot of it. So there would be time young, right? I was really young. He passed away when I was 18. So, I mean, this is like when I'm like eight, nine, like, I don't know. But I do remember, um, when I was in kindergarten, he had, my mom kicked him out. He was living with my grandparents and, um, I guess he was drinking or doing drugs, whatever. I don't really know the full story. He threw up in his sleep, choked on it. Oh, shit. And then ended up in a coma for months. And they said he's never going to be able to walk again. His kidneys are never going to be able to function on his own. You should pull the plug. And my mom was like, hell no. Like, he's showing signs of life. He, they would record the football games for him, play it. He would, like, kind of, like, respond a little bit, like, body movements, whatever. He ended up coming out of it, like, around Easter time. I remember because I went to go see him on Easter, and he was, like, a skeleton. I remember he was so skinny, but um, he 
they he relearned how to walk. He relearned how to talk. His kidneys worked. He became he went right back to the person it's he resilience was. Resilience, right there. That's yeah. mind over matter, man. Right. That's like you're pushing through this. You you're not your soul is not done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he ended up meeting my stepmom because she was his speech therapist. Okay, so um, I didn't know that's how they met. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's so they um, ended up being together. He was clean for oh god, I don't know. It's hard to say because a lot of it's like. You blocked it out. Yeah, a lot you know? of it I did. But like it's hard I, to put a time frame on, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't yeah. see him like using in the home like some kids do and they're like, Oh my god, like right. failing at school and my all dad's this stuff. fucking beating down the door, he's right. beating my mom, he's yeah. you know, he's fully asleep at the dinner table. Like you didn't see that. Right, exactly. Until I was around it was like a junior in high school and my sister and I would go over there like every Tuesday and we started noticing like he wasn't making sense and he was setting the table. He was just putting spoons everywhere. Like he didn't know what he was doing. Um, then it just got to the point he got diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis from working down at the world trade center. Um, and I think that it, it's terminal. So he kind of yeah. knew that he wasn't going to live. He was going to suffer. He said, I don't want to see my kids to see me suffering like that. Um, he kind of just went, off the rails and was doing what he wanted to do so that year of my senior year of high school I was a constant like anxiety ridden mess because now I knew this was going on like I would you would try to call him he wasn't answering he would answer he'd have no idea who he was talking to fucking scary yeah um you know I was just you know holding your breath every time the phone rings and holding your breath every time you're trying to call because you don't know who's going to pick up what they're going to tell right. you is he going to pick up. Um, I saw him one time. He was at my aunt's. He was staying there because um, my stepmom had kicked him out. He didn't even know who I was. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, it w- That was crazy. And then um, right before my senior prom, he passed away. He had gone into you the city. You were in Disney, right? Yeah, I was in Disney on my senior class trip. And everybody was trying to hide it from me because it was spring break. They couldn't get me flights right. back. It was just like this crazy bullshit I kind of knew because I saw some things like on my space back in the day so I kind of like had a feeling my gut knows your yeah. gut knows when it's a relative spouse yeah. brother family member parent your gut tells you too yeah and I remember yeah. like my mom and stepdad picking me up from the airport we drove home nobody said a damn word oh my now God. I just came back from my senior trip like when you be asking me like how was it this right and that, no one spoke oh my so God I, Patty Mayo <laughs> Did you bring your clock? Quiet. (laughs) So yeah, so I'm like, oh, I know. I already know. So yeah, like I got home. The wake and the funeral is a complete blur. I've like said this recently to somebody. I'm like, I don't remember anything from it. Like at all. Like I blocked that shit out. And then um that night, like after the funeral, like I remember my cousins had a party at their house and that's what we did. And then like from there on out, like just, I went into party mode and that was my way of coping with it. And I like never dealt with it. I still haven't, but I'm, I've come a long way. It's going to be 12 years. I think you have to a certain point. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I'm not angry anymore. I'm not like, you know, whatever. I think it's cool too, that when you saw Vincenza two weeks ago, our psychic, she got through to your dad. And I think did that bring you a little bit more peace? Yeah, yeah is the answer you she had? I think it would. Right? Yeah, because she came through, and then you felt the patting on the back of your head, and he answered some questions 
that right like was think, it intentional was it intentional which i kind of always felt that it was yeah, he I mean, it's said it wasn't me hearing it you know? yeah yeah he's, you know? he's she specifically yeah. said like your dad's coming through and says it wasn't intentional and it was it's like how else do you know that like right you know, how the you fuck? know and clearly knew, what that was indicating she knew right. that he yeah. was passed before yeah. you said a thing you didn't right. say anything like no, she no. knew everything so i think that's amazing too yeah. And I, I, that brought me peace. Yeah, no, it, it feels good. But it's just like, if you want to talk about how it affects the family, like you have no idea, like that was supposed to be the happiest time in my life, my senior prom, my graduation, right. all this stuff. And this is what I'm going through. Right. But even before that, and like, I hate myself for saying this, but I used to think sometimes I just wish he would die because I didn't want to worry anymore. Yeah. I didn't want to have that anxiety. I was a constant nervous wreck. And like, it's horrible to live that way. Right. But I mean, obviously I regret saying that and I truly didn't feel that way, but I just thought to myself like, damn, life would be so much easier. Because he's so sick and suffering that it's almost, it's almost like when somebody's- it's and almost this as is, if it's worse. Like almost like when somebody's on hospice and Mm. it's almost like you just want them to pass because they're put out of their, their misery too. And he was not getting better and he was so sick and he was putting the family through turmoil. Yeah. And like showing up, you know, it's going to happen. Like wrecked and like, I'm embarrassed and you know, People are like, what's going and you were on? 18 too. Right. So and I was you just didn't know trying how to like, handle anything. Don't know what's going on. Yeah. You were trying to find yourself yeah. and get through fucking high school and, you know, just do your best. And, and I and think that's tough. like when you dove into the drugs, that's what you, you just, you know. You just didn't know which way you were going. You just tried to find a way. Well, I just out afterwards way. too. I just like didn't give a fuck to be right. honest. Like I just really didn't care. I was like, well, you know what? He didn't care. Neither do I. Yeah. Got arrested. Like I, but I didn't care. Like I literally didn't care that I got arrested. It's bad. Well, but- you got arrested for a good reason. I mean, you're on your way to see Drita, and you love her. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I, mean- I was leaving seeing Drita. <laughs> well, you guys, you shouldn't be drinking and driving either. Well, it's Alex, not for somebody that has three and has been to jail for it. No, I know. You know, so I'm kidding with that. No, no, Alex no, is obsessed saying. with Drita, and yeah. she was coming home no, from seeing Drita. Yeah, and she took one for you, Drita. <laughs> yeah, I mean, want to meet? I never heard of this Drita. <laughs> from before. Mob Wives. From Mob Wives. Oh, Drita. Yeah, she's okay. obsessed with yeah. Mob Wives. I forgot about that. And she got pulled over. Didn't, drunk isn't that the song you wanted at your thirtieth birthday party? No, I wanted so, the theme to be Mob Wives. And some asshole didn't do it. <laughs> It's you. okay. <laughs> it's okay, Clarence. But anyway, yeah, so it's just, it's hard. It's hard going through it as the addict, but it's also harder. hard. Uh, no, I'm not going to say harder. No, I, I think it know. is because we were so numb for it. You go through it with them. We were ways. so numb for it that, I mean, it was the hardest time in my life, but I truly think it was harder for my family because I was high. I don't remember half right. of it. Where I would be out all night, cannot come home for days. I'm doing my thing. I'm a selfish fucking tornado of a mess in this dark hole. And it's my family that's the one suffering. Yeah, like not sleeping, right. worrying, not eating. You can't I think eat. it's harder for the family than it is on the addict. I think the addict, once they stop, that's their own internal, like, you know, demons that they're going to be fighting with. But, but, Going through it, being the drug addict, my family suffered worse than I ever did. And yeah. I had gone through some shit, but I was so numb for it. And I'm so desensitized to everything at this point that like it didn't, aff- it, my past it, going in it, being the fucking crack addict, the junkie, like 
speed bowling fucking shooting up that doesn't nothing compares to what my family went through during those times you see for me it's uh i don't i don't i don't put the uh, you know i don't measure it as if i went through more than them or if they went through more than me yeah you know i look it's at an it equal like turmoil we went through, through it together. together yeah and um you know that's just it it's just that's that's part of like the guilt for me if i that's how i was able to let it go yeah, you know, well, you gotta let it go. It's just that's the way it was for me. In time, you do, and the it's family hard. has to let it go too. Because if you keep like fe- it's rubbing festers, it back and in then their face also. Well, that they have to do their own. They have to deal with it as well. The family in their in a healthy way. Right. Well, that's why they recommend well. therapy and yeah. Al-Anon yeah, and everything because... for the family to get through it. And yeah. you went to Al-Anon a few times, but you didn't love it. But a no. lot of people, it saved my mom for my mother. She in my outpatient, there was a therapist that saved her life. And that said, you have to let go because she was on me and she said, the therapist literally told her, you have to let go. You can't control her. You're never going to stop her to help you. It's not about her. It's about helping you. Yeah. They and all that, say that, but that is, I, that's why I don't like it, Alan. Well, because you did the cutoff like, point. Like you cut them off and, yeah, and, you, and, and withdraw. If, yeah. You don't cut pick the off. phone no, up. You don't give them money. It could be easily money. perceived that way. Here's the yeah. thing. You if, know? I know that somebody is potentially going to die if I don't do, do something. Everything. I'm not going to go snoring to bed, like right. having a great night's rest. Hell no. I'm going to do everything in my power until that person is not on this earth. I'm going to do everything in my power <laughs> to, to save help them. them. Yeah. So I don't believe in that. Maybe for some people, like, yeah, you do have to, like, maybe parents. It's right. different. Maybe I don't know. For I, me, uh, keeping it, maybe they have to keep a healthy distance. You know, that's right. what my family did, but that I respected that because it, you know, especially my brother, he's got, you know, he's sober 12, you know, whatever, 10, 12 years at the point, uh, you know, he's got to withdraw from me to yep. keep himself, to himself, keep himself clean where he should be. Yeah. Yep. And, and that, and the, to hear like, you know, when, when I went to rehab, I went up to St. Joe's up in Saranac Lake, great place. I hated it because it was good. It's rehab. It was, it was like a rehab college. Like, yeah. Made you know, take a look at yourself yeah, that you didn't want to. You looked at yourself like, you, you know, and they, 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 you know, this guy figured me out and I haven't been able to figure me out. I don't right. know. But um, I don't know why I forgot where I was going with that. But doesn't matter. No, your brother, he wrote you a letter. Oh, yeah. Dealing with the, they had a family program and everything. Um, You know, yeah, just everything together, like seeing how they put you, not they, I don't want to say they put you on blast, but I don't know a better way to word it. But like, it, it, you dealt with it. You talked about everything and it made it real. And I knew how everybody else felt at that point. Right. Even though I've seen them at other rehabs. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how many rehabs I've been at this point. Over 50. Been a lot. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, I've been through seven. Th- through that shit. Alex knows seven. Seven. No, it was at least over seven. No, it was seven. Since it's a lot. Rehab, maybe. That's a fucking lot of rehabs. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's something that you don't measure, but it's just. Uh, it's 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 chaotic because I've gotten these letters before and they weren't they didn't have that impact on me more or less. Yeah. You know, it's so, tough to hear what your family yeah, thinks about. I, it. I remember when I got home from jail, what, I figured like two, three months ago. It wasn't right when I got home, but I had went upstairs and I pulled out uh, some of the letters that I got from St. Joe's. I, I, I saved the paperwork and I went through it. It's the first time I've looked at it since then. And I think reading it now was well, then you know, being sober after the rehab, like it was after I got out of jail anyway, it was like 
more powerful than ever. Yeah. You know, and I was, I sat there and I cried and I was like, holy shit. I sent it to my brother and, you know, and seeing like the, and, and not that, you know, all the letters didn't have an impact on me. It was just, you know, I don't just looking at them. It made it very real, mm-hmm. you know, and it was kind of, it was like a reminder, like, all right, now like relationships and friendships, you know, that I have, or, you know, that's what I value. You know, before that's the most important thing yeah, in this world. Is everything your relationships, else doesn't your fucking family, matter. Nothing matters. It's it's all bullshit. Like what kind of car you have and like whatever. It's just it's, doesn't fucking matter. It's not important, man. You know, it really is. Especially it's when your you health, get to our your age, family. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, stop making me sound old, asshole. Well, <laughs> I'm only thirty-four. Oh wait, I'm thirty-six. <laughs> I'm older than all of you. You're older than all of us. I grandpa. feel like I'm twenty-six though. So. <laughs> 25 I no say. that's really all that does matter in life is yeah. is you know health family yeah. um you know and and your love for another and all the other stuff is fa- fucking bullshit we were at my father's um in uh pennsylvania and you know even my father the one that doesn't even talk about his feelings so he's freaking guys harm centalian he just uh he says you know he's like i'm like this is what it's about right and he goes he goes this is it he's like you know what nothing else fucking matters mm-hmm. you know it's quality time and yeah, it was nice. It was the first holiday we, we, you know, this this year was like a really nice, you know. And now you have yeah. a relationship with him. With everybody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not just him, it's everybody. It's crazy yeah. how that yeah. happens when you get clean, all the relationships come back. My I sister, mean, I have a great I, I relationship to, with my she family. Wanted to, not that we wanted to kill each other, but like there was ter- there was uh, tension, there was yeah. resentment, there was certain things that were never addressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that was, that was a problem. But uh, even like she, oh, she came to visit me in jail, and then she was going through her own turmoil at the time, um, you know. But she had came and seen me, and you know, we 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 talked, and you know, it was really nice. And now we have a great relationship, you know. Uh, it's, it's it's it's. As a matter of fact, I seen her yesterday. That's amazing. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, it was cool. But um, you know, you got to keep the relationship healthy, and you got to constantly work on it. It's partially my fault too, but because I was absent. Right. You know, I was, you know, I was, I also it was think, a full-time relationship, but I was part-time. Yeah. And I also think for the That's families, they're always going to be a little bit on edge until you prove yourself that you're good too. And I think that's a hard thing for families to deal with when you get clean. Like they're always going to be almost waiting for the ball to drop until you really prove yourself. My mom still does. I'm eight years and she's still... Like, if I'm going through something, and it's not anything with drugs or alcohol, but, like, you know, like, I get really bad anxiety. This past summer, I just didn't feel. Like, I went through a phase where I just didn't feel. Like, I had no emotions. Like, there wasn't happy. There wasn't sad. It was just, like, a sh- like there was nothing. There, I had no feelings. So, remember, I said to you, like, let's go, like, bungee jumping because I need yeah. to start feeling again. Like, I almost wanted yeah. to do, like, crazy things, like swim with sharks, like, dangerous well, that, that's things. That's the addict. The, to start the, that's feel. the adrenaline. Yeah. Like, like I didn't know high. what the fuck to do. Like, yeah. it was, like, I wanted to do, like, really dangerous, like, things. Just to get your adrenaline just kicking to, to feel, feel To feel something. And I was watching, like, horror movies. Yeah. And I was like, still, nope, there's nothing. There's still no feeling. Like, murder, <laughs> mass murder things. Nothing. But like, you know, and even then she was still like almost, she's like, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And I think that's always like a hard thing with the addictive you ha- family. Because you literally have PTSD from it. Right. You really do. And it's like, because it's traumatizing. Yeah. You're literally watching someone kill themselves. You want you it do for anything them about so it. bad, but they don't want it for themselves. And that's like a hard thing for the, your mind to wrap around. Like, why? Why are you killing why? yourself? Because we don't know how not to. Right. And then and then that puts it on the other person, like especially like someone like you know that's married or engaged right. or something. Right. Cuz then they blame themselves. Yeah, they're like is it me? 
is it like you know like what is it like you know that's the thing and it's it's like uh it puts it puts a lot of tension on that person you know puts them you know i don't know i can only imagine you know it's that's really ugly situation so anybody that's going through something in life addiction wise there's always a better way out um you can call an aa hotline you can call any inpatient you can call any outpatient you can contact us through our instagram dbns period podcast clarence and i have both been through the ringer and back um so we know what it's like to live in the deep darks of hell and then come out of it so basically we we mixed it up a little bit with this episode we were on a more serious note we hope you guys enjoyed it um we'll be know. going back to being assholes next week yeah we'll be back to going to be assholes next oh, no, week you're still an asshole this week <laughs> <laughs> thanks disappointed but not surprised disappointed but not Definitely surprised not. so anyway we can't wait to hear from you guys uh, message us on our instagram dbns period podcast reach out to somebody congratulations to everybody that is sober today and that's living their best life and anybody that isn't that is struggling there is a much better way and there's a, definitely a way to come out of it. So we just want to thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. And thank you to Clarence for being our first, first guest on this podcast. Thanks, Clarence. Clarence. Thanks, Clarence. Thank you. It was an honor. Oh, thank oh, you. thank you. All right, guys. All right. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Disappointed but not surprised. Disappointed but not surprised. Disappointed but not surprised